Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you, over you today? And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah just said to him, stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two went on. Hallelujah. Then the 50 of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it divided this way and that. So the two crossed over on dry ground. Hallelujah. Let's, let's rehearse verse 9 together again. Let me read verse 9 to you. Then when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken. And Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of the spirit that is upon you come upon me. And Elijah said, you have asked a hard thing. Somebody say, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, conditional clause, nevertheless, if you see me taken, then it shall be so for you. Hallelujah. Elisha asked for the overflow of the anointing that was upon the life of Elijah. Amen. Elisha said, let the oil upon your life overflow. Remember my saucer. How many remember the saucer? The saucer has, the teacup has an amount that it can take. Right? When you keep pouring, you will find out that the, the, the teacup the, the, the tea will go beyond the level of the teacup and it will fall down to the, the saucer, isn't it? Can you find the pictures for me again? The, the teacup and the two teacups. One is full and the other is overflowing. Hallelujah. In this picture, we are looking at Elijah had a full teacup of the oil, the Spirit of God. And Elisha, who was his mentee, was asking that, my father, before you live, let me have a double of the oil upon you. So give me an overflow of the anointing. Amen. Some, some uh, Bible scholars say that, if you're looking for a title for this message, I keep, uh, I keep getting accused that I don't give titles of, no, no, I don't want this. I want my teacup and my overflow. Walking in the overflowing anointing for ministry. Walking in the overflowing anointing for ministry. Hallelujah. Walking in the overflow anointing for ministry. Thank you. That's a very good picture. 
look for another one with just a full teacup in a saucer. That's all. So we have two to compare. Amen. As I was saying, some scholars say that because in the Jewish state, in those days, the firstborn child is has or has the right to have half of the father's inheritance. And as Elisha had been the firstborn spiritual son, he had the right to request for a double of the oil that was going to give, be given to other, all the other children. But you and I know that spiritually, Elijah had gotten rid of the first servant. And Elisha was the second servant. Isn't that true? So really, we don't see the sons of the prophet as part of his spiritual children. So really, that cannot be the, the, the um, example, that, that cannot be the reason. But here he's asking that, give me a double portion of the anointing because the work that you have given me or the work that I'm going to do, the, 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 you are asking me to replace you. And I see the shoe that you are wearing. It's a very powerful shoe. And with all the anointing, the full teacup that you have, Jezebel can chase you out of town. You, as powerful as you are, with the big size shoe that you wear, Jezebel has run you out of town. And because of that, you have lost your ministry. And I, being the type of person who doesn't have the size of shoe you have, I don't have the experience you have. I don't have the, 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 the capacity you have. If I'm going to do any work and achieve anything, then I will need more than your anointing. Hallelujah. I will need a double portion of the oil upon you so that I can do something. Otherwise, I won't be able to do anything. Hallelujah. I was saying to you that we need the anointing. Remember on Sunday I said to you that God doesn't give just one. He gives double. And I also said to you that there are two types of thinking. How many remember? The first thinking is what? There are two types of mindsets. And you see, what God has given you, binding and losing cannot change it. God will not change what he has blessed you with. He has given us a mind. And that mind is ours to control. So anointing doesn't change the way we think. Am I making sense? Anointing, prayer, shalabala, and breaking does not change the way you think. And the Bible says that it is what you think that you become. So he says that be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your mind and the way it works has a direct correlation between how anointed you become or how unanointed you become. It has a, a direct correlation with how blessed you become or how cursed you become. Your, the way you think. You see, you can be in the house of God. You can be with Jesus and still have the poverty mindset. 
You can still be with Jesus and have the mindset of lack. Otherwise, how come Jesus is with the 12 disciples and he goes to preach and there are 5,000 men sitting there and he says to the disciples, give them food to eat. And they with their poverty mindset, they with their uh, scarcity thinking, says that, Lord, we don't have enough food for, to give to all these men, besides women and children. Jesus is God made flesh. If the, the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to God, he sits on the circles of the earth. The earth, heaven is his, his throne, and the earth is his footstool. There is nothing too difficult for God. There's nothing that God wants or God, God that is, is over God. There's nothing that we need that God can't provide. That is the type of God we serve. And that is the type of God that Jesus represents on earth. And the disciples who have been with Jesus all this while, remember they said that thou art the Christ. Thou art the son of the living God. And then he says to them, give them food to eat. And they say, we don't have enough. The mindset. So what did he do? He says, find something for them. Then they go and bring a boy's lunch of five loaves and a couple of fishes. And he tells them, make them sit in companies of 50. He takes the bread, he blesses it, and he gives it to them. And if they, they pass the bread out, they feed everybody. After the last person has finished eating, they, come, they gathered 12 baskets of leftover. Because the God we serve, he is a more than, he is extravagant. When he's pouring tea into a teacup, he doesn't pour just enough. He pours over. He pours more than enough. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He took the lesson of the feeding of the 5,000 for these guys to understand that they are dealing with the, the double-breasted God. Hallelujah. This is a lesson that Elisha understood. So when he came to Elijah, he says to Elijah, don't give me your anointing. I don't want just a, a cup full of tea. I want an overflow tea. Hallelujah. Sometimes we as Christians, we walk on, on the earth sometimes with half a teacup. Give me half of a teacup. And then look for an almost empty teacup. Normal Christian, we are asking God for his spirit and we have that mindset that if he gives us all, we won't have any. Others won't have any. Because remember what I said to you on Sunday, our um, resources are limited. So if I give you, it means that others won't get. Are you with me? Resources are limited in quantity and supply. Scarce. So we need to be very, very, very circumspect with sharing of the resources. That's the 
lack mindset. And I said to you that God is like the supplier of the oxygen that we breathe. He is the supplier of all the oxygen we breathe. It doesn't matter how big your nose is. It doesn't matter how much air you suck in. Oh, please. There is still enough oxygen for everybody in this room. You can decide that you, you suck twice the oxygen every, every, every time you are taking in air to try and cheat everybody else. Guess what? The oxygen doesn't finish. In the same way, the anointing is like the oxygen. God has it in abundance of supply. So your double portion of anointing doesn't mean that somebody else won't get anointing. Am I making sense? You getting a big measure of the anointing of the Spirit of God doesn't mean that make or doesn't say that your next door neighbor won't get anything. Because God can bless everyone in this room with ten times anointing. Overflow anointing. Hallelujah. And we are talking about the, the, this is the month of overflow. So overflow of resources, overflow of his power, overflow of his spirit, overflow flow of his anointing, overflow of his resources, God is able to give. It is for us, you and I, to change our mindset. Some of us, we think that the work we are doing in the house of God doesn't de- demand anointing. Therefore, we don't want or we don't look or request for any anointing. I only sing. So I don't need a lot of anointing. So this is enough. Because for singing, I don't need more than this. I only play the drums. So if I can get a a teaspoonful of me, I don't do anything in the church. I just sit in the church. So I don't need a lot of anointing. So just something small. That is the mindset of scarcity. Because anointing is small. So if they have to share it, we have to share it like communion wine. Hello? How many understand what I'm saying? But that's not the God we serve. The God we serve is an overflow anointing. So Elijah said to Elisha, you have asked for a hard thing, nevertheless. Somebody say nevertheless. The word nevertheless means that if only you can meet the conditions, you can have it. Did Elisha meet the conditions? Hello? Did Elisha meet the conditions? Did he get it? Was it because God respected Elisha more than the sons of the prophets? But why? God is a God of principle. If you meet the principle, you will get it. God is not a respecter of persons. If he has said that, if you, if you can see me go, you get anointed. It means that if the sons of the prophet had also been faithful to see Elijah go, the Elijah go, they would also have received a double portion of the anointing. We know that Elijah did uh, 16 miracles. And Elisha did 32 miracles, which was meant that he did exactly double. Amen. But I like Elisha because Elisha was smart. Elisha knew that for the experience that he lacked, he needed more anointing to compensate. See, Elijah was a strong man. 
who could confront governments, could confront Ahab. As the Lord lives, and as thy soul lives, there will be no rain in a space of three and a half years except by my voice and my command. Have a good day, king, and then he leaves. And true to form, there's no rain. Do you think that the king will not be looking for him? Do you think that the king will not send people to go and uh, beg? Do you think that the, thing, the king will not send people to go and harass him? So the king must have sent people to beg, to harass, to do everything. But Elijah must have been a very strong type of person to be able to withstand all the confrontation of the king and to come back and say to Ahab, make haste, go home, for I am sending rain. And the king gets on his chariot and begins to gallop. It means that the Elijah, Elijah was a very powerful guy. How many understand what I'm saying? Elijah must have been a very powerful guy. Elijah looked at the situation and knew that, no, I don't have that personality. I don't have that power. I don't have that experience. The size of my shoe is not as big as this man. So if I'm going to do anything as a replacement to him, I need a double portion of the anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you that, listen, if you want to make any mark on the earth, you need the anointing in an overflow measure. Hallelujah. You don't need a teacup anointing. You don't need the, the anointing that your next door neighbor has. You need more than that. Because maybe he has more experience than you. Maybe he has more, you know, personality, some more, some qualities that you don't have. And so you need anointing to make up for the deficits that you carry. How many carry some deficits in this room? I don't know about you, but I carry some deficits in this room that if I'm going to do anything for God, I'm going to do any, make any mark, then I need a double, an overflow of the anointing. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. So Jesus comes out of the wilderness and he says, the spirit of God is upon me for he has anointed me. And we are told that Jesus was anointed without measure. What it means is that Elijah's anointing could be measured. Elijah's anointing could be measured. But Jesus' anointing, there's no measure. It's like a sea. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. Somebody said to preach. What it stands to reason is that if you are going to preach, you need anointing. It is that to go and preach about it, you said to preach. To preach means when you are talking to your friend about God, it's preaching. Are you, are you with me? Which means you need the anointing to do that. He has sent me to preach the gospel. Somebody sent me to preach the gospel. How many in this room have been sent to go and preach the gospel? He says that go into the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. This is not what he said. The final commandment he gave us was that go and preach to everything. Every, every creature, not even everybody, but every creature. Anybody you see, preach to them. 
which means that we've been sent. If we have been sent, then it stands to reason that we need to be anointed. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Also means that when you are anointed, you can heal those who have been brokenhearted. Those who are emotionally down. An anointed word from you will heal them. An anointed comfort. Just some, you don't have to quote all the Bible scriptures in the world. Just something small will make a difference in their lives because of the anointing. To proclaim liberty to the captives. You can never ever deliver anybody if you don't have the anointing. Hello? The way you are looking at me, I don't like it. You look very half asleep, half disinterested in what I'm teaching. Are you learning something? He has anointed me to do what? To preach and to to heal and to do what? To set at liberty those that are oppressed. Next one. And recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Amen. Go on. To proclaim the acceptable year of the law. Amen. So you see that you are anointed one to preach the good news effectively. You can never be effective in your preaching. That is why some of us, we've been inviting people and they don't listen to us. How many have tried to witness to somebody and you knew you didn't do a good job? Give me a wave. You knew it didn't work at all. The reason is the lack of the oil. Hello? If the oil is enough, you don't have to talk much. Amen. So when you are anointed, it's not just to stand on stage, but just to talk to anybody. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Amen. Just the preaching of the gospel to your next door neighbor demands the anointing. The news we share about Jesus is good. The anointing will enable you to make an impact when you share this good news. To make a spirit-filled messenger and a proclaimer of, the, of freedom to the prisoners, you need to be anointed. Hallelujah. Somebody is depressed. Somebody is on drugs. Somebody is on all sorts of things. How do you speak to them? How do you pray for them to deliver them? Just be anointed. Amen. I'm just trying, my aim tonight is to try and convince you that you need a large measure of the anointing. Just as a Christian. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because a lot of us, when it comes to spiritual things, we become poverty-minded. Are you with me? We don't think that the anointing is large enough in quantities for to, to like oxygen. We believe that the anointing is very limited. So if the pastor has it, 
maybe the pastors have it, and a few of the people who are in the house of God, you know, have it. It's enough. The rest of us can go without it. Are you with me? But why don't you say, say that if the pastor can have oxygen, and then a few of the people can have oxygen, the rest of us can die. It's okay. Hello? You, can you see how ridiculous that sounds? In the same way, when you are disinterested in the power of God or the anointing of God, that is how it sounds. It sounds ridiculous. That what you need to live a spirit-filled life, a successful, victorious life, is something that you are not interested in having. If anointing is, if food is what gives us energy and strength, and we all like to eat, some more than others, but everyone knows that food is what gives us strength. Isn't that true? And energy. And so we all like to eat. In the same way, spiritually, if we want to live, we need to have the spirit of God. Else we become dehydrated, we become weak and die. Malnourished and die. Do you know that if you don't eat 40, 50 days, you would you start getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker until you die. Hello? So, without food, you will die physically. Spiritually, without the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost, you are going to die. Amen? That is why you and I must become like Elisha. We must be greedy for the anointing. We must become somebody or people that are really interested in getting anointed. Hallelujah. Not in small little quantities as the, the, the teaspoon in the teacup, but overflow. Hallelujah. I said to you last week uh, on Sunday, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the first measure of the anointing. If somebody has a full teacup, he doesn't want for tea. Isn't that true? He leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. See, so the anointing makes you full. The anointing restores your soul and makes you have rest. When others are Running all the way, all everywhere. Others are afraid and scared. When you are anointed, those that know their God, they shall be strong. Are you with me? They will be strong because they know their God. When others are worrying, they won't worry. Am I making sense? They will not worry because they know their God. He leads me beside still waters. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. So you order your steps to places of still water, of stillness. To enjoy the water. Remember that sheep don't drink troubled waters. Only still water. Hello? They only like to drink water that is still. Which means that if, you are, if God is your shepherd, 
then you have to allow God to lead you in a place where he takes you. And where he takes you is still water. And I said to you on Sunday, when I, when I went away from God, I went through the valley of the shadow of death. And but for his rod and his staff, I would not have been comforted. He hit me with a rod. And he do you know that the shepherd hits the the the, the sheep with a rod and then points the staff in a certain direction, and then the sheep follow that direction that the shepherd has pointed the rod, isn't it? So he gave me a direction and I followed it. And then he goes on to the next verse. He says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of what? My enemies. And he gives me a running over cup. My cup runs over. The first cup was not want. But if he had stopped there, then that's a God of enough. But overflow of the cup means what? He's a God of more than enough. He's an extravagant God. He's a wasteful God. He's a God without uh, limited resources. He gives more than you, you can ask. So in Ephesians chapter uh, 3 verse 20, it says, unto him that is able to give exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. The God that we serve, he is the God that can give exceedingly, someone say exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can ask or think. Because what you can ask is always smaller than what you can think. You understand? What you can ask is always smaller than what you can think. And he gives you more than what you can ask and more than what you can think. Look for that scripture for me. Ephesians uh, 3.20. He gives beyond what you are, you are asking and what you are thinking. Even your dream, he surpasses your dream. Your imagination, he blows over your imagination. That is the God we serve. He's an all-extravagant God. This scripture has a caveat. I don't know whether you've seen the caveat. The caveat is which of the two mindsets are you operating? The poverty mindset or the surplus mindset? According to the power at work in you. So, overflow, exceedingly, abundantly, above all can ask or think, according to scarcity mindset, is very small. Even though it's more than you were thinking and more than you were asking, it's still small. But the one who has a surplus mindset, he gives exceedingly, abundantly, above even that. Hallelujah. 
He gives beyond our thinking, beyond our imagination, with the mindset we have, which is supposed to be a surplus mindset. Please don't work with a poverty mindset. Mindset of shortage. See, we are products of our environment. And sometimes our environment plays a high premium on our lives. Even when it comes to spirituality and spiritual things. That is why if you look at the scriptures that, uh, you look in uh, the letters that uh, Jesus wrote to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3. You see that unto the church in Sardis. And you see that the Sardis place had an influence in how the guys in Sardis operated. Pergamum, Laodicea, Ephesus, Philadelphia, and all the other, all the, there are seven uh, cities, and each city had an influence on the church. See, please don't deny that where you come from has an influence on your thinking. Do you understand? Who you hang around with, they have an influence in the way you think. And the way you think has a direct influence on your spirituality. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Do you understand? Because as a man thinks, so is he. If you think in poverty, you become poor. Do you know that part of the world, life is all about getting enough to fill your stomach. Hello? So they don't think overflow. They think enough or none at all. That is how come, as Pastor Glau was saying, some people think in terms of carbohydrates. Others think in terms of protein. So what are we having for tea? Somebody says we are having fish. That is how their mind works. We are having fish for tea. What are we having for tea? We are having rice For tea. Which means that the proportion is this amount of rice to that amount of fish. But we are having fish means fish is the main cause. And everything is sides. And the sides are not as big or massive as the main cause. So some part of the world, the side course is the main dish. Some side of the world, oh, I don't think, I think I'm preaching better than you are looking at me, amen. You say, rice and stew. With a, with a little piece of uh, uh, salad on the side. <laughs> salad is like this. Hallelujah. Ah, you understand what I'm saying? It's a poverty mindset. So anything that can fill my stomach 
As against the next time I'll eat. I don't know when. But the one who food is not a main thinking priority. Food is a matter of course. They don't think about it. Food is not what they think about. There are some places in the world you see somebody who will be working the whole day from one end to the other just to get a cup of water. So their whole day is full of food and water. Do you get it? There are some too, food and water has never been a priority or a, a, a something that occupies their thinking. So they have time to think about other things. That those who food and water is hard and scarce to come by, they don't have the luxury to think about those things. Because all they think about is food and water. And so when I get, I should eat because I don't know when I'm next going to get. So what will fulfill my stomach is really most important. See, so where you come from has a direct correlation to how you think. You understand? So a child is born and they are thinking about how can I fly higher? Go into space. How can I go into the earth? Go to the deepest part of the how can I do this? How can I do this? How can I invent music? How can I this one to think about how can I get three square meals to eat? So they don't have time. But you see, you need to not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind must renew itself. And the only way you can renew your mind is through the word of God. Hallelujah. The word is the only thing that can renew and transform us. So please, from today, don't think that the anointing only belongs to the one on stage. All I need is a little to keep me going. Everything else you can give to somebody else. Have you not realized? Let me break it down. Are you okay with me? The way you are looking at me, I'm getting scared. Are you okay? It's only Ross who is smiling, so it's like I'm focusing on him. The rest of you, I'm not... Because when I look at you, it's like either you don't like what I'm saying or... Have you not realized that? In a certain part of the world, when they are sharing the food, they share according to rank of importance. So you are small, you get this. The next small get this. The next small get this. The next small get this. Then the mother gets this. And then the father gets How many understand what I'm saying? And so when we come to the house of God and we're talking about anointing, we share it according to the same size. So as for me, I'm not important. So mine is this. Then the next child gets this. Then the next child gets this. Then the, 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 the assistant gets this. Then the assistant pastor gets this. Then the man of God, he is the one who is deserving of so you see, when your, your, your mother is cooking, the, the chicken thigh they put on your, your father's food. 
and then the, the, the little child gets the leg, and some get just the, the toes, the claws of it. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? But in another part of the world, it's not like that. Are you with me? Everybody gets the same. Everybody gets the same. If it's a, uh, what do you call it? Everybody's a chicken thighs, chicken thigh, drumstick. Everybody's getting drumstick. Hello? So if you come from this side of the river where the, the lion's share belongs to the father, you have that scarcity mentality. So you know that as a child, I don't qualify for the overflow anointing. Give it to that one. Me, I will just make do with this little chicken leg. You know the, 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 the slim... <laughs> You the one with the tray. <laughs> you see it lying there like that. <laughs> or the neck. Or the bottom. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm trying to say? But another part of the world, it's like every child, if it is half a chicken, we all have a half a chicken. If it is a quarter chicken, we all eat a quarter chicken. Whether you are three years old or you are 30 years old or 60 years, years old, it doesn't matter. So such a person can, ask, can appreciate that they can get as much as anybody else. They don't look at their age to give the food. Are you with me? Don't, oh, as for a double anointing, it belongs to the pastors. No, 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 it doesn't. It belongs to all of us. Hallelujah. If, somebody say if. If you can see me go, if you have the hunger and desire, if you can only test, then you can have it. The sons of the prophet, did they not know that Elijah was going? They knew about it. They were telling Elisha that, do you know the Lord is going to take your master away? They knew. From Bethel, they knew. Gilgal, they knew. They, when they went to Jordan, the Bible said they went to stand afar off to see. But Elisha was testing. My time is up. Next week, we're going to look at how to get and walk in that double portion anointing. Hallelujah. Because that double anointing belongs to all of us. But the condition has to be met. Hallelujah. And we all must want to meet the condition. Amen. So next week, we're going to look at the conditions. Stand to your feet. Let's go.